0: Welcome to the Creating Conscious Relationships podcast with your host, Janelle Annette. On this podcast, you're going to be receiving my best teachings, tools, and practices so that you can create a conscious relationship from the inside out. So no matter your relationship status, you're going to find everything you need here to help your relationships thrive, including the one with yourself. Hello, and welcome back for another episode. On the show today, we have a coaching guest who recently went through a breakup. When she initially reached out for having this session, she was considering whether she wanted to stay or go. And then during the time in between, she ended up leaving the relationship. So in the episode, we explore her taking ownership of all the things that happened in the relationship. And she's wondering, is this my attachment? Is this my fear? What happened? As well as just being able to not take everything on. And I think that's something that we see a lot in this space is people being willing to take ownership and see what's theirs. But at the same time, perhaps going into self-blame or self-shame and not being able to see the full picture. We move through a lot of emotions in this episode, and at the end, I give her an exercise to do around clearing with past partners. And if you are going through a breakup or just still have some energy that you want to clear with an ex or someone, this is a really great exercise that you can do as well. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll dive right in. Okay, so, hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And yeah, I know you've been moving through a lot, and we just kind of spoke for a little bit here before we started recording about all of that. So, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look at within the relationship, what was there for you? What were the themes that were coming up? what's like repeating, right? Cause we're, we're kind of in this process of trying to acknowledge what's, what's mine, what's not mine. And then you've also said like this being really hard on yourself, taking it all on, like you're doing the ownership work. Maybe the medicine is just in honoring yourself and, and validating yourself as well. And, and, and kind of creating more harmony and balance there. And mm-hmm. then we might do a little clearing exercise just cause you know, everything's kind of fresh and there's probably still a lot of energy there. So yeah. How does that all feel? Yeah, that
1: feels that feels like a good place to start for sure.
0: <laughs> okay. So a good place to kind of start is exploring within trying to discern between what might be yours, what's something you're carrying from the past versus, you know, relationally, just something like a dynamic that just didn't work between the both of you. I mean, of course, it's always gonna be about the other person too and how they played into that role but I'm curious what kinds of things that were brought up or complaints that you know were brought up were similar to ones in the past or relationships in the past so what are like those the common themes that you're kind of noticing there Hmm. yeah it's tough because
1: I've kind of been a lone wolf for a while um like really my last relationship before this was like five years ago and it was so different. So it's tough to compare to a past relationship. Um, but in terms of maybe some of the things that got brought up, um, yeah, I almost feel like, cause we're both very into personal development and I feel like, you know, the whole world of polarity, Mm. um, Things even maybe got a little bit dogmatic in a sense where like, you know, he mentioned at one point that he said he had to, he felt like he had to fight for his masculinity um, because he, you know, needed to have the lead in like every, every moment kind of thing. Um, And for me, it was like, I'm also a little bit, I'm a few years older than him. And so there were some moments where, I didn't necessarily trust the decision that he was making and I wanted to have a say and it led to clashes between us. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, he said that he felt like it was like an energetic mix match, which is hard for me because I feel like I've been really like focused on, you know, being more in my feminine and, Um, doing that sort of like womb healing work with myself. And so it was just a bit confusing and not sure, you know, how much of that was actually my role of like not being in my feminine or if he like wasn't truly stepping into his masculine. Um, Because, yeah, there was like some things that came up where I felt like he wasn't really holding firm boundaries and he wasn't in integrity. Um, But I've just kind of gotten into a hole of like blaming myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. for most of the things that happened but yeah as I talk about it I'm like even just now like kind of getting a broader perspective of maybe uh yeah the the roles that we both played
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you know for this for any work that I'm doing with anyone like all we can really do is look at what you might have brought but that doesn't omit the fact that of course you know he had a role in in all of it too, and totally could have been projections and his own lack of, you know, feeling his his power, his assertive ability, or boundaries, or what have you. So, like, that's also valid, and we'll still talk about it because, of course, it influences how that brought up stuff for you. But I'm curious about this um, this voice within that's been really hard on yourself. Like, what are some of those harsh criticisms that you've given yourself? And even if you could say them, like. You know, I know you're very aware of yourself. Like you're going to know rationally these are not totally just. But I'm curious if you just kind of said it unfiltered, what is what are those voices saying, and what are like the common themes that you find yourself feeling really like about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I
1: feel like so it's about a month post breakup at this moment, and right after the breakup, it was a lot more harsh of, like, really just calling myself an idiot for, um, like, not doing better and not knowing better um, and, like, that sort of, like, really berating myself. I do feel like uh, it's, it's not quite so dark anymore, but there has been still a lot of questioning of, you know, was I just not able to appreciate what I had in the moment and was I not able to really see the value that you know, this partner was bringing to the relationship. And, you know, because I, I feel like I did get a little bit nitpicky at times. And I'm like, was I pushing him away? And, you know, was I just not willing to, like, let myself fully be seen? And sort of like those sorts of questions of, I uh, part of me felt, and he also felt this way of like, I wasn't fully in it with him. And... You know, he, I, I feel like he was all in and, you know, was able to give me more of this aspect of like unconditional love. And in his perspective, he said, like, I, he felt like I took away love in harder moments when maybe he did something that I didn't like or just perceived negatively. He said, like, he would get, he felt like love got taken away in those moments. And, I obviously I didn't want to make him feel that way and I did some of my own inner child work around that of like you know when my inner child felt like she got her love taken away for doing something wrong um and so that was that was powerful for me and yeah just like that lack of awareness piece of like how I might have been bringing that into the relationship and you know the questioning of like well why wasn't I fully in it with him is it because it just wasn't the right fit or because I'm really afraid of, of fully opening up my heart to someone in that way because of mm-hmm. the possibility of, you know, getting rejected or getting hurt.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll I'll ask you a question. Is there somebody that you can think of in your life that you feel is just like, a really great fit relationally. It could be a friend or a caregiver or a past partner. Like, is there somebody that comes to mind where the relationship just felt really easy and caring and tender and like it, it just kind of, you know, happened really organically. Is there somebody that comes to mind? You don't have to say who obviously, but just kind of yes or no. Like a friend? Could be anything, any person that's been in your life that you feel like offered you a really secure, healthy kind of place. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, I do have to think about it for a second, but I I am thinking of like one of my good girlfriends who
0: um,
1: I would say we've had a very like secure, healthy relationship.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so in that relationship, what are some things that she does for you that help you feel that that kind of ease in your relationship?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it, I mean, part of it is just like a genuine curiosity that she brings of like really getting to know me on maybe those, those deeper levels, like kind of beyond the surface level conversation and um, checking in on me often, even maybe if I've been a little bit radio silent, she doesn't like take offense to that. She knows that I'm probably just going through something and she'll check in with me later. And Mm -hmm. yeah, there's just like a, a, a good baseline of, of compassion and curiosity between us.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So I ask you just because, you know, for you, that's an attachment or a secure attachment figure for you. Right. And they're, they're offering you something that, helps you feel safe in the relationship, seen, understood, accepted, right? So when we're looking at what, what was yours in the relationship, where maybe did things not work? I'm also wanting to look at where did things not work for you and acknowledging that piece? Because while there still might be uncertainty of like, was it right? Was it wrong? I mean, at the end of the day, there is no right and wrong, right? It's just, it just <laughs> is what happened. And our, our mind has a hard time with that, right? Like with our choices and and not wanting to label things as as good and bad, that happens a lot. But just to, to see and highlight, hey, look, there is actually a really um, healthy version of relationship. And of course, it's different. And it's with a woman and it's a friend. And, you know, so we can see that naturally those dynamics are different but clearly she's doing something that's helping you feel feel safe there and so on that level with the curiosity like it seems like your your ex partner is open and you know you're both into this development work but i'm i'm curious in those moments where you feel like you pulled back or you took your love away right for for whatever reason if having more curiosity about what was going on for you would have helped you In that moment from from him.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something that I struggle with because like looking back, he he was curious um, and I feel like he he did want to know what was going on. But I would kind of shut down in those moments and I would close off and I would get really in my head and, you know, kind of just the focus would really collapse inward on myself And that's where some of the self-blame comes in because I'm like thinking like, wow, I really just wasn't seeing him in those moments, you know, like just times where he was kind of looking for some reassurance from me Mm -hmm. and I would get in my head about it and, you know, say some sort of like logical explanation of like, well, you know, maybe, maybe it won't work out. Who knows? (laughs) kind of thing where it's like he was just wanting to know that I'm like there
0: yeah
1: and for whatever reason I just had a really hard time uh keeping yeah keeping my attention like on him and like kind of giving him that like the reassurance and love that he needed in those moments because he he did kind of struggle with some some moments of insecurity and I think in those moments when he was insecure, then I would get insecure. And it just wasn't a good recipe for yeah anything, anything good to emerge because I would collapse inward and then he would be like, well, what's going on? And I would just kind of like not be sharing uh-huh. and not know how to even really communicate what was going on for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like the pretty classic like anxious avoidant dance in you know Curious if that's shown up in your other relationships like different versions of that And of course it could be different like you might be with a, a partner That's more avoidant and that could activate that anxiousness within you So it's no right answer obviously, but has that like retraction or pulling back happened for you before in past relationships? um Yeah, I feel like it's
1: been like even different in in every dynamic. (laughs) Like Uh sometimes I feel like I'm more anxious Mm -hmm. and sometimes I feel like I'm avoidant. I think it depends on what the other person is doing. So like in this instance, it's like when he was being loving, I was avoidant. Yeah. but then he ended the relationship or I could see that things were going poorly and he was like about to end the relationship and then I got anxious and then I yeah. was like you know being really like giving him a lot of affection a physical touch like all those things of like wait no 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 <laughs> like trying to <laughs> trying to get that grasp so yeah I definitely I like I feel like I go between both anxious and avoidant and it's not yeah it's not Serving me, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Well, I, that's really normal experience, you know. I think for a lot of people, they have this idea, and maybe the older knowledge of attachment was it is kind of black and white, and this is who you are, and that's just not really often what we actually see, right? It's this continuum and the spectrum and this dance that we're we're doing, and you might have one that you resort more to. And one that you feel more is like dominant and that would be, you know, your style, I guess we could say, but of course you have the potential to flip-flop. So if you were to experience mostly throughout the relationship, feeling a little bit more withdrawn and then towards the end when he's really pulling back, stepping in, then perhaps the default, which I'm not, you know, th- these things take time to figure out. So I can't say this for certain, but perhaps the default is that avoidantness, right? Being able to come back to and meet someone outside of your own experience. But the only way we can learn to do that is have compassion and curiosity for why that's happening. And, you know, regardless of whether this shows up in other relationships or not, like this version of it will always be different because it's like we're saying it's influenced by the partner too. So there might just be some dynamics where there isn't enough resources, whatever that might be for your avoidant self to Lean in to meet in the middle, right? So it's like, what are those key resources? What are those key things that you need to be able to to lean in, right? Because you're not wrong or bad or shameful for having that coping, right? That's that's, you know coming from a, a very deep implicit memory within ourselves. so that's where we can have that compassion. And I think what would be most helpful or effective would be, what are those core pieces that again give you that spaciousness to to meet in the middle right so would there be anything that you think in the past or if you could just think of now that would have helped you come out of that shell maybe it's time maybe it's like touch maybe it's a it's a it's affection in some capacity like is there anything that you think helps you in those moments
1: yeah i mean definitely i, I do think time is one of them cuz it's like, it just feels like such a such a collapse in those moments mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, I just feel like I need a little bit of that space to process. But for him, he took me needing that space as, you know, me kind of shutting him out mm-hmm. and feeling like I wasn't letting him in. And then it would kind of just spiral into something uh, something worse. Yeah, And, you know, I, I'm sure I could have done better in those moments of just saying, like, hey, you know, I'm just – I'm feeling – this way and I just need a little bit of space before I can come back and yeah like like Mm. I just stayed I just stayed silent because I just didn't even know what was going on with me or what I needed but I do think that just some space and also some some yeah like reassurance of my own like yeah like like you're saying physical touch like Yeah, something along those lines would have been really nice. But I do feel like because he was insecure in those moments, that would have gone against his instinctual reaction to like then come and like give me that affection.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, want to remind you that you did the best that you could have done in the moment. And logically, we can know what is the right thing. Logically, we can have a sense of what to do. Yet, when our nervous system is involved, when these really deep attachment systems are involved, like we're going to revert to what makes most sense, you know, and, and keeps us feeling safe, as you know. So there's so much innocence in that. And those conversations don't often happen when you're in the midst of shutting down. Those conversations usually happen when you're in a regulated state. You can come into connection and be like, hey, when this happens, Here's what's actually going on for me. Like I'm, I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm terrified. I'm what? Like explaining that experience and going. I know, you know, I can, I can see that this brings up a lot for you too, and I, and I care about you, and I do. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of you and your experience. That seems to be what, what he needed too, right? So like meeting that need for him, and then asking him for that need to be met within yourself. Like what I really need in these moments is space or time or like you know what I mean. Whatever it, it kind of might might be and then meeting partway. But again, those those conversations kind of have to happen in the more regulated, calm side of things. There's actually a lot of parallels between like I can see myself in you in a lot of ways. And I had to work myself up to at a certain point, I could stay in those conversations. But I'm not kidding. I would like put a pillow like kind of half on my head so I could like barely (laughs) see my partner or I would like Full like do the hoodie up and the drawstrings and like half hide my face <laughs> because it sounds so silly and it kind of is but like that's what my attachment system needs to be like okay I'm staying in this but I'm like kind of freaking out and this is the closest thing that I can do to like run without running and so that doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong to just take space and walk away but it's like you know wh- wh- where do we need to meet ourselves in in with compassion too you know mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh, (laughs) cause yeah, I feel like even,
1: you know, because my attention, like, you know, I'm saying that I'm, as I'm reflecting on these moments, I'm saying, well, my attention was so collapsed inward on myself and like, yes, that's true. But also in the talking about it after it was always focused on like what he really needed from me in those moments and how I failed to meet it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is the first time I'm considering, you know, what were, what were also my needs in that moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that, um, you know, that story or that tendency of, of I'm a burden or I'm, I'm hurtful or I'm whatever no- narratives are running. I'm selfish. I'm this, I'm that. And it can activate that anxiousness of like wanting to hyper correct, like course correct and meet the other person's need and and really focus externally and just put yourself in a really dark place. Right. And and I, I totally understand that you're definitely not alone in that. And, um, that's where that that pattern interrupt is so important of like stepping back and saying, yes, and. Like I can acknowledge their experience and validate their experience. And I also have my own needs and I'm not a bad person. And where do I fit within all of this, right? And yeah, it's an, it's an important thing to be able to do, but it's, it's hard in the moment.
1: I've definitely been making myself a really bad person. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just feel like, you know, like I've known that I have these avoidant tendencies, but then like the things you read about attachment, it's like, oh, avoidance, like the bad one,
0: you
1: know? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> I don't want Girl. to be avoidant. Um, and yeah, it, it almost feels like kind of doom and gloom, like just kind of destined to always be that way. And it's like, but the one thing that I truly want is like deep loving connection. Yeah. And yeah, just almost feeling like that sense of, will I ever be able to get it? Like almost like a, yeah, just like a hopelessness.
0: Yeah. but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to just, you know, help you not feel so alone or, you know, bad in that experience because I, when I read the book attached, I was like, I feel hella (laughs) misunderstood right now, not fairly represented. And I started having this conversation with a few friends and that was actually not something I was alone in. So, the way that you're feeling, you're not alone in that. And there's different resources that don't talk about avoidant attachment in the same way. Like, it's just, you're just destined to be shitty. Like, that's not, that's not <laughs> that actually it. Book I read. Yes. Book I read. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't actually recommend that book. And a lot of people I've talked to feel the same. So um, Dr. Diane Poole Heller has a book called The Power of Attachment, and it's a much more compassionate view in terms of the the avoidance. And that's actually who I did my attachment training with. So, big fan of of her work. Yeah, it's it's that same thing. It's like I do want love and connection. I want that more than anything, and I want to be able to give that. It's just somewhere along the way, in that avoidant attachment, likely learned. I don't want to assume, but likely learned that it was better for you to just go inward. Shut off from the world because there wasn't like maybe I I don't feel like I I can rely on other people to get my needs met right whether it's emotional physical mental like what whatever it was it's just safer for me to rely on me and so Mm -hmm. it's perfectly innocent it's just as innocent as anxious or any disorganized right and secure all of it is is just really valid and it's not a better one than than the other right and then remembering that it offers you strengths too like you're probably really great at getting things done and being independent and taking care of yourself and, you know, probably good and like driven. And so there's, there's beauty. It's just finding the balance. Right. And that's all, that's all there really is. But who you are Mm -hmm. is not wrong or bad, how you showed up in that relationship is not wrong or bad. Right. There's equal equalness in all of it. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like that compassion piece of, yeah, I, I can, wrap my head around that there are no mistakes and then there's just so much fear that comes in of like well what if he's he was the best person you're ever gonna meet and now you, you fucked it up because you didn't know about your attachment and how to communicate your needs and now you're like you're just gonna regret this for the rest of your life and die alone <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. those are some of the fun, fun things that I've been telling myself
0: Yeah, yeah and I <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I know what you mean. You know, also, I think the more we can just normalize these experiences, like, oh, this is so normal. helps it not be so significant. You know, Um, like that's one of the main things when you're going through a breakup is like, this is the person and this is the source that like, if if I return to this person, that would be the ability for me to move through, to get rid of all this pain, all the, the abandonment wounds that are coming up that I'm sitting with. So we crave that person. Because it's a soother. It's like, Frank. if I could just be with them one more time, I would, you know what I mean? I'd feel so good in that moment. It's like a, a, a drug that we return to or something, right? So that kind of thinking, again, is really normal. And I, I think it seems to me like that focus on he's so great, he's so great. How did I mess this up? Like, I hear that you're taking ownership. I know you're taking ownership. But I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm actually thinking that your medicine is more in, how am I also a, a great, amazing, partner that is a once in a lifetime person for somebody else to come across or him again in the future like what is it that I brought to the table that makes me me and unique and incredible and amazing and valuable right coming back to that place yeah I feel like I've been very disconnected from that
1: (laughs) yeah and like obviously you know my friends tell me these things of no like you're a catch like you're gonna be fine like don't worry about it but yeah i think there has been like an inability to see my own value mm-hmm. and you know i don't know like i i don't know why that is <laughs> um i mean obviously like programming societal stuff like i'm sure there's lots of reasons but it's like when i look around at the life i've created like you know i'm like, I love where I live. Like, I have this beautiful home. I have, like, great friends, and I love what I do in the world. And, yeah, I know I'm an amazing person, so it's just, like, yeah, why? Like, why do I hyper-focus on him and the amazing qualities that he had and, you know, feel like I'm
0: basically just damaged goods over here? <laughs> mm-hmm. One of my teachers used to say something really great to me whenever I was in this, like, why is this happening and I'm in this place? He'd be like, welcome to the human race. Like, welcome to the experience of being a human and knowing logically with all of these things that I have and I've created in my community. Like, I'm a great person and I know I bring a lot to the table and I'm hurting and it's hard for me to not take on things as my fault. And perhaps taking things on as your fault would be a way to try to control, right? Control situation, control life, control the level of pain that I either will or won't feel. So, you know, and, and there's also this this thing that we carry from childhood that is kind of, I don't mean self-focused in like a, a negative way, but just how is it my fault that this person left, right? And perhaps that means someone in the past left and it, they left in a painful way. And when you're a kid, Your interpretation of that is, it is my fault. It is because of me. We don't see outside of that, right? So if there's some kind of abandonment or disconnect or whatever, carrying from them, I don't mean to say everything is from childhood wounds, but there's a lot of stuff, then that meaning can can get caked on is, how is it my fault? What is it that I did wrong? How was I not enough to keep that person around, right? If there's somebody that kind of comes to mind. (sighs) Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I
1: feel like I've done so much of this, like, trauma work and going to the origin story, and it's just, like, still so alive and present.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, you're in the heat of a, a breakup, so that's really normal. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that this is your whole life, right? I remember when I was doing, I don't even know, like, my bajillionth breath work session, and the same... <laughs> Or like ayahuasca, everything, it was just like the same thing just kept coming up. And I remember being like, I oh, don't the frick, like I'm over it. Like I've, done, I've thought about it, I've cried about it, I've done it. <laughs> and just like laughing at the humanness of it all, because of course we, we can change. Of course we can move towards secure attachment. And I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm going to bet that you've probably made a lot more stride in that direction than you can maybe see right now because you're in the midst of a, a, a hard time there gets to be some things that kind of live on and show up in our relationships because relationship has the way of bringing up the most like nitty gritty things that just are really sticky to resolve. But that's the human experience as well, right? If we can see that as being something that is universal and collective, it's easier to cope with it, I think, and easier to not take it on as again, something's wrong with me. Right, more like this is human, and and how can I keep showing up even if it's just one percent better, one percent more towards what I want want it to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, even just like you know talking about these things, I'm, I'm I'm definitely seeing more of. Yeah, like of course there were so many times where I I went inward on myself, and yeah, I mean obviously it comes back to those core family relationships, like. I'm, thinking about my dad and you know him being emotionally disconnected like yeah he's got ADD and like I don't think he ever realized how just how distant he was and um, yeah even like with all the relationships in my family like I feel like I've never fully shared all of me and I'm always holding back and never like fully revealing because there is that sense of just like nobody gets it and nobody sees me and so I'm just gonna like protect myself and kind of like build this fortress in a sense and then nobody can get to me and I don't have to worry about feeling hurt yeah so
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so within that you're coming from this place of things feeling very scary to be seen to be to show who you really are and right now you're still on the journey and that's okay. And I'm curious, like if we could just take a moment to validate your progress, validate the ways you are a good partner, because for a lot of people, I think in the growth world, there's that constant fixation on like, what else do I need to uncover and go through and heal? And, you know, I think we can have periods of time where we do it a lot more than others. And then eventually we just get to a place where like, okay, I'm going to live my life. And when things come up, I'll I'll look within and do my work then. And I, you know, otherwise I'm just going to be free. So with all that being said, I think just like what progress have you made about like coming out of your shell and what progress did you make in your relationship? And how do you feel like you did a really good job in your relationship?
1: Why is that so hard to answer?
0: Mm. (laughs) That's why.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In what ways do I feel like I did a good job? I mean, I do feel like I revealed parts of myself that, you know, I've probably never been truly honest with, you know, just kind of like some of the hierarchies that you create in your own head, right? And Mm -hmm. even like with him, I think I had put myself on a hierarchy, again, as like a self-protective thing. And there was no actual behavior that he could point to and say like, you know, this made me feel like you were looking down on me, but he said it was just a feeling like an energy thing. And he's like, I feel like you just don't like you, you don't see me as an equal. Like you're kind of looking down on me. And, you know, the, again, the logical instinct in me was like, well, what, what have I done to like show you that I'm doing that? And he was like, well, no, there's nothing. It's like nothing I can point to. And so, I had the two options of I could tell tell him that it's not existent and that he's, you know, imagining things. Um, but I really sat with that, and I told him openly, I was like, you know what, I think you're right. I think maybe I have been pedestalizing myself in this relationship. And it was really scary to tell him that because I thought he would leave, <sighs> and he didn't, and... Um, That was really healing for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do feel like I revealed parts of myself and, you know, was leaning into my edges and like, I was willing to work on things, like even in the breakup and I, I knew things were not in a good place and I wanted to, I wanted to figure it out. Like I wanted to do coaching together or like, you know, find, find a way to work on things. And so I do feel like that was one of the good, good things that I contributed, I guess of just like my own willingness to face my own shit and continue to try.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, with the pedestaling thing, we create pedestals in our mind, whether we're on one or, you know, looking up to one, but it's just like everything else we're talking about. It's a form of, preservation. It's separation. Saying, I'm going to keep myself a little bit separate from you. Not because you're a bad person, but because it feels really scary to open up, to merge, to lose control in a sense, right? That's why a lot of people cre- create a separation in their mind in a lot of different ways, which there's so many ways that people do this. But its it's that fear of of losing oneself in another or, or letting go of control, losing power. And so of course there's medicine and meeting in that. And sounds like you did that. You opened up, you said, sure, I'm going to validate that point. That's probably a hard thing to acknowledge and to look at, right? Clearly you had enough self-compassion that you were able to do that. Although I'm sure it was still hard and brought stuff up that you didn't revert to just being really mean on yourself or mean towards yourself and then closing off, right? So I mean clearly you have so much awareness and openness and willingness and as much as it might not seem like that's enough in the moment that's that's more than that's more than like <laughs> not more than enough but that's more than what a lot of people will be able to bring to the table. So you bring so many things to the table just being who you are. But I want to remind you that that willingness, that openness, that ability to be to be seen in that wildly transparent way of admitting some like really deep ego stuff, is an incredible superpower and makes you a really amazing partner. You know, now, it's hard to see right now, but hmm. <laughs> what are you feeling in your body right now? Is this like emotion comes up? Is there anything you can map or sensations you notice? <sighs>
1: I just, I feel, like, sad for myself. (laughs) Hmm. I feel sad that it's, like, so hard to acknowledge myself for positive
0: positive things that I contributed. Yeah. Well, that's step number one. Sometimes we have to be with the grief of how we haven't met ourselves, how we haven't tended to ourselves. That hurts, and that means... There's that part of you that, that does want acknowledgement that's there, that's kind of speaking up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Senior innocence, eh? It's hard sometimes. <laughs> uh. mm. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Damn. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel you. I was thinking of of doing a little clearing practice, but I think I'd just give it to you to do in your own time. It's a really powerful one, just because I think staying in this energy of like self compassion and softness, or at least grief around that not being the case, like this is an important peace to just be with and not focus on other things um so i'll just explain the the process in a moment but that you can do in your own time um but is there anything you want to say or like a piece from this that you want to reflect on or like a takeaway for you Uh <sighs> i
1: mean yeah <laughs> i guess my t- yeah my takeaway is I was really like you said just kind of seeing my own innocence in this and I think that will allow me to soften in terms of you know really perceiving him as this like lottery win that now I like it's like the way I phrased it when we first broke up is that I felt like a person who won the lottery and then was broke within the year because she didn't know how to hold it and that's kind of the energy that I've been hanging on to just mm-hmm. yeah. The self blame and like, I'm an idiot and I just didn't know a good thing when I had it, but yeah, just like the recognition that I'm,
0: I'm a good thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 The world of um shadow work and this inner work to take self responsibility and own up to what's yours. Like, of course it's so valid and true and needed And I notice that this has happened for me and a lot of other people. It's really easy to get stuck in that ownership piece and not see your own value. And also, you know, not necessarily in this case, maybe, but not like speak up for your needs or claim boundaries or share just like how you're feeling. Like I'm fucking angry, right? It's like it almost dilutes the realness to what you're feeling and needing because everything's like oh but is this mine and what if i did this and maybe it was my attachment and my forda rather than just being like fuck that sucked eh you know and like that's where we really connect is in that just like emotional rawness and realness so you know just like allowing yourself to just be a human and have some attachment stuff that was also sounds like interacting with another human who has th- his own attachment stuff like you're both playing that part and and to just like keep coming back to that remembrance I know it's easier said than done but that it's also human and it's also normal and natural and beautiful in its own ways even though it doesn't always feel like it and that there are of course things to do that will support you right not like because you're broken or bad or wrong but there's things that you can rely on in the future that can that can support you that you're gonna learn about from this relationship so you know, it's not wasted. It's not a lost lottery ticket. It's a, I don't know. I wish I was like, come up with a better metaphor right now. I know th- I really thought I was just going to roll off my tongue. It's not a lost lottery ticket. It's just like a, I don't know. It's like an entrance into a theme park and you're going to get in there and realize how many more tickets there were. I don't know. <laughs> I'll just, I'll lay that to rest. But, um, Yeah.
1: And like this thing, I know I've been approaching it from like such a scarcity mindset of like, there was only this one person and he is the only one who's ever going to treat me that well. And, you know, it's there, like, it's hard to find, you know, an evolved conscious man and all like all those sorts of stories.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I know, like, I know that if I tell that story, that's what I'm going to experience. And it's like, Mm Have, yeah it's like the awareness is almost becoming a
0: a negative <laughs> yeah yeah Too much. and you're also an amazing evolved aware compassionate loving human woman right like equally and I know I know it's a scarcity and it's easy to forget that but just continually bringing in that reminder is equal and you know there won't be there isn't anybody else like him and there isn't anybody else like you and that's not you know it's not a bad thing it's just what it is and um you know within these relationships it, again it's just super normal in break up or when you're coming out of this phase of being in a long term relationship that it can be it's it is this person or i was single for you know 5 years as you said uh, how am I ever going to come up against uh, you know up against this as well so if you had that period of singleness that can kind of reinforce that belief that it's really hard or but clearly you were in a different place to call this in again because you're an equal match because you're equal that led to this relationship happening it's not to say that that can't happen again, even better sometime soon, right? And I know you're still wondering maybe you guys will get back together and that's a possibility for sure. So either him or someone else, but it sounds like you held yourself to a certain kind of standard that called him in that's not just going to go away Hmm. because you have grown a lot as a person, I'm sure, through this and through the five years of being on your own. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I've definitely
0: learned a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um. I guess my last question on that is when sometimes we have this attachment to like this being the person, there, there can be a lot of stuff. Also relationships, as I'm sure you know, represent so much more, right? It's these ghost figures from the past, people in our lives that had a really big impact on us that we tend to project onto our partner. So there can be a lot, of, a lot of stuff happening there. But I'm curious if there was either something in him that you want more of for yourself or something that you were able to access within yourself when you were with him? Hmm. I mean,
1: yeah, definitely. I feel like like he's very, very driven, very, um, like he's also an entrepreneur. So we related a lot on that. And um, I think that like, honestly, because I know you said, you were saying, you know, well, it's helped you because you're driven and I am driven. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see just through this breakup, how much I've kind of fallen off of that. And maybe how I came into like relying on him a bit in the relationship for, you know, that motivational aspect to even like get my content done. And, you know, he showed me he showed me how to edit my podcast and things like that and um, like helped me with like lighting and just like like bought me different lights. Like I'm looking at the lights right now. So I say that. <laughs> So, yeah, I feel like I've had some things in my head of, like, well, you know, he was this, like, almost, like, mentor-ish figure in my life and was helping me in so many ways and feeling kind of disempowered of, like, well, now that's gone. You know, wanting to take everything that he's taught me and now even, like, grow my on my own more, like, grow even more in these things that I'm taking away from the relationship and... Yeah, just recognizing like I don't need that external person to, you know, help me and you know that was a big thing for me as I always would ask him kind of even for permission of like, you know, what do you think of this post? What do you think of this piece of writing? Do you think this email is like okay to send? Cuz he does social media and copywriting stuff as his profession. And just recognizing recently how how hard it is for me to just post something without getting that external validation. And so that's definitely something I'm wanting to bring fully into myself is that internal permission of, you know, if you want to post this, just post it. Like (laughs) you don't need someone else to tell you that it's good or that it's okay. You don't need someone to edit your writing for you and, you know, make it optimized and like all that. (sighs) kind of bullshit yeah I think that's a big thing for me is just kind of getting back to like when I'm visualizing like the who I want to be on the other side of this it's like what I'm seeing is just me kind of like honestly with my head down like focused and getting things done on my own and kind of having this period of really like grinding almost and you know not like burnout hustle culture vibes but I think um (laughs) what I'm being called into is really a season of, of focusing on kind of like my mission and my work in the world. And I'm just on this precipice, like on what feels like a ledge between like holding on to, well, I can't do this because I miss him and he helped me in all these ways and like really just letting go of that and like stepping fully into my identity as someone who's driven as someone who doesn't need permission, as someone who is intrinsically motivated, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of lot I'm taking from the relationship, just in terms of what he taught me, and uh, yeah, there are those pieces that I'm now working to embody. Yeah, just shifting my focus onto my work instead of thinking, "Well, what's he up to?" Like you know like (laughs) can I go creep him on social media and like spend some time just wondering and creating stories in my head about different possibilities um just kind of engaging in all those self-torture behaviors that I'm ready to ready to stop
0: yeah nice you know it's interesting with this kind of comment from earlier about like being on a pedestal and how all these things can show up but then on the same hand like going to him for approval or ultimate advice, right? It kind of shows that it's not one kind of way and there's probably quite a mix and match of these power dynamics and pedestaling, right? And you clearly going to him for these resources, meaning it's not just you up on the pedestal looking down, right? There it seems like there's a, both, both aspects of, of that. And perhaps within that, Somebody who, like, if you're saying you coming into the relationship is driven, focused. You enter into a relationship, things happen. It's easy to kind of get lost in that to to a degree, or to go to the other for certain things, and these roles form over time. But to know that that is still who you are, and perhaps that relationship even showed maybe not wanting to always be in that driver's seat or be in the control or be in the being driven, right? Maybe more of that, that feminine that you're working on relaxing into. So, so it's also, you know, dynamic and you're saying now I want to go and focus and just and work and have my head down. And I would just encourage you to like, continue working on that balance because you have both as we all do both sides and both sides want to be nourished You know, now you're in this period of transitioning into being back on your own. So I'm sure you will see those changes and that motivation restore in your own internal validation. And you might also want to rest a little bit more or go to people for support more, right? Maybe receive more because perhaps that need was missing before. And that's maybe what caused that kind of like, I guess, not course correct, but maybe swinging to the other side of the pendulum. You know, curious Mm -hmm. if any of that lands. Yeah
1: for sure and I think like another (laughs) recognition piece of maybe my own growth is like just recognizing that I have really been leaning into community and whereas in the past like if something was bothering me if I was hurting going through something I would self-isolate yeah and just like not really tell anybody what was going on with me and in a sense like the work that I do has almost held me accountable to a higher standard because it's like I've got you know Clients that are waiting on me. (laughs) So it's not like I can just, uh, go into my cave and like not come out again (laughs) for the foreseeable future. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm definitely taking a lot with me. And yeah, I'm, I'm not. Not wanting to go like hyperdrive masculine focus structure, that kind of thing, like it is a balance and i'm I'm still working on finding that balance. and I do think that I lost that in the relationship mm-hmm. um, just of going so far into my like f- chaotic flow where I was just like also so enthralled and and overtaken by the relationship, like if things were, If we were like in a disagreement or something, like I just wasn't showing up for anything that I needed to do in relation to my business. And it's like, okay, I can't allow that to happen. Like, yeah, I have emotional needs, of course. And like, this all still needs to run, even in the context of my life. So just kind of being able to reprioritize, you know, like, of course, the relationship is a priority, but. How can I you know still show up for the the things that I'm really committed to beyond that? Yeah, so
0: yeah, it's kind of like staying in that devotion and commitment to what it is and your greater vision vision and work and you know also part of who you are as an identity and then the little balancing act, right? So it's kind of coming from that place and it's it's a constant balancing act, I think for everybody. I don't know if anyone ever really escapes that. So it's just kind of like a day-to-day checking in. Where am I coming from? What do I need more of? And that reparenting that, you know, we're all in the process of learning to do. So the exercise I have is something you could just do on your own in in journal prompt kind of style. It's like a three prompt sentence stem. It's a really good one. It's um, their name something I want you to know is and this is this time to just like write out or say out loud anything that didn't get to be said and this is a really nice place to just there's no consequence I'm not going to be like okay then send this to him this is literally just for you and your own processing this is this place to say all the things that never really got to be said knowing that this is just for you and it's not about being diplomatic and woke and like oh but I know but also my wounds and my it's just like Blech. Here I am fucking angry, fuck you, but also I'm so mad at myself, like whatever it might be, whatever something I want you to know is, right? So kind of thinking in context of the things maybe you held back, the things you were afraid to be seen in. Then the next one is goes a little bit more to the anger name. I'm angry at you because. Again unfiltered and this process can bring up a lot emotionally like it's a it's a pretty intense it's a pretty intense one um so you know working with any tools that you need to to move the energy especially with the anger if a lot comes up like let yourself have the experience of being of being angry but i would suggest having some kind of like tool or practice or going into a memory of something that felt connective and safe for you just so you can have that right wiring of the yeah, I feel like you you kind of know this stuff with the neural pathways to say, like, I can go to that experience of rage and move it somatically. And then I can also finish that feeling like connected and safe. So working with some kind of like connective practice after. And then the third prompt is name something that I see in you that I see in me is. So this is just a time to take ownership. Where are those like mirroring happening? What can we see? you know, within each other, whether you're coming from a place of self-anger or anger towards them, seeing the innocence through this prompt. And then after visualizing them and, and seeing them as innocent, seeing their inner child. And if you're in that place of more self-blame, I would say seeing yourself right there as a child too, and just like holding the innocence, you know, it's not bypassing our responsibility. It's not bypassing the ownership and the things that, you know, could have been could be worked on in the future but it's also holding that reality of like oh yeah we did our best and there's a lot of innocence and sweetness with that and I can like hold that vision of of him and myself and let that kind of like carry me through in my in my healing
1: Mm. yeah that sounds like it'll be a really beautiful
0: practice yeah excited yeah Sad we didn't do it live here today, but that's okay. (laughs) That might've been a lot. (laughs) Um, Last thing I want to say is, you know, going forward, because we kind of initially came into this conversation of like, what was mine? What can I work on? You know, we've talked about like self-acknowledgement piece, this grieving journey, you know, this practice you can do for clearing and so on. But then there's also in knowing that this is a a part of your own attachment system, part of your own wiring, what can we aim to do in the future that's going to help slowly expand your capacity to meet whomever you're with in the middle? So like we talked about earlier that time, or maybe it's touch, maybe it's not touch right away, but it's touch after in the repair. Maybe it's, you know, like a practice you can resort to, but just really setting the foundations of the next relationship or the next relationships with that knowing of self. Because it's pretty unrealistic to say, we'll just figure it out this one time and never experience it again. That's what relationships Mm -hmm. are here for. We get to kind of keep dancing the same dance, but with every time a little bit more awareness and compassion. Like, okay, great. My little being is scared and ran into self-protection and wants to hide and shut off in the world and know I can't think about their needs right now because I'm in a state of whatever activation or freeze. Right. So like, I know that that happens and that's perfectly innocent and here's what will support me going forward. And you just figure out how to do that dance differently a little bit next time, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like just having that knowledge uh, is going to be really, really helpful for me moving forward because yeah, I think I would just get in my head of like, well, something's wrong with me, you know, like, why can't I just express, you know, why can't I just say what's going on in my head? Yeah. And like, it's okay to have, like, it's just just making all of it. Okay. Normalizing like, yeah, sometimes you're just in your head. Sometimes you shut down. Sometimes you go into free state. And rather than making yourself wrong for it and, you know, the self blame afterward of why didn't you just say what's going on? Like, you know, the, the quietness was so much worse than just saying what was in your head, you know, which is what I've been doing. Um, this really kind of gives me a path forward of, you know, when that happens again, because it likely will, (laughs) what can I set ahead of time to mitigate the, the, you know, the kind of negative spiraling that occurs when we're both kind of going into our insecurities at that, at that moment.
0: Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe this will help, maybe not, but if you could think about me, I've kind of shared with you that there's a lot of similarities and I do, I have come leaps and bounds. Like, so I, I say this to, to say like, there's hope, there is, there is hope. And, um, I've like total, total resonance, like shut down, ran away, hid, left the building, like anything out of that state because it's the nervous system, you know, at play. And it just, it just does. But if you could see me in a loving, compassionate light when I'm doing that, or as I told you more recently, it's, I stay engaged and I cry and I talk, but I like, like pull the drawstrings on my hoodie and just look out a little peephole. Like, could we see the innocence in that? Could we see the in- little innocent child there? We usually have an easier time seeing that in other people, but sometimes that's a helpful remembrance that like, you're not alone and it's so human and there is hope and you know what I mean? Like if you can feel that innocence or that compassion for me, then learning to turn that inward with yourself too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's helpful for me to know that it's something that you're moving through as well because also just, you know, to see that you're in like a healthy conscious relationship now, it's like, oh, okay. I'm not doomed <laughs> to be alone forever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for your openness and your vulnerability and just your heart, and your softness, your wisdom, all of it. It's been been really great having you. Mm, Thank you so much. It's
1: been, yeah, really insightful and helpful for me. And I'm looking forward to
0: doing that clearing practice. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. Tears will arise. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, make sure to leave a rating and a review, share with your friends, share with your family, just share it, share the love, and we'll see you on the next episode.